to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Tottenham Hotspur. Now, here are your hosts. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam, discussing all things Tottenham Hotspur with me once again. It's my partner in crime, it's Matt. How are you getting on mate, you alright? I am okay. You okay? And good, sir. How are you? Well, I did. I did say before we start recording that I'm going to tell you, let you into, into my secret as to why I'm feeling very positive, and yes. I'm going to be f- positive throughout this podcast today. Not like annoyingly positive, like you were in the past, but like a good level of positive, emotionally yeah, positive. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Go for it. Why? Why? What is the secret? <laughs> what is the secret? I went fully Rocky Balboa this morning. Okay. Right. So I thought, do you know what? Spurs are just Spurs are getting us down at the moment, as we all know. You know, just just yeah. just when we think, you know, Spurs are so tip. You know, they grab defeat from the jaws of victory so many times. Yep. You know, yeah, this yeah. is where we are right now. You know, so I put on my my uh, my Eye of the Tiger playlist this morning. Nice. Outside, done some stretches, twenty five yeah. press ups. Ran wow. two and a half miles, two, 25 press-ups in the middle of a road. Don't get me wrong, it was a quiet road. It wasn't yeah, like yeah, a, good, it, you know, it wasn't in the middle of the M, M1. Yeah, <laughs> please, yeah, please figure that, yeah. But, and then, and then two and a half miles back and another 25 press-ups. And I, the endorphins are flowing, Sam. So I'm like, I'm nice. ready. I'm ready. Cool. Yeah, but I'm well up for that. I um, <laughs> I, I fell out of bed. And I think I might have, I think I might have pulled a muscle while I did that. Oh, there you go, um, Sam. And then I, I kind of stumbled down the stairs, tripped over a cat this morning. That was freaking <laughs> aggravating. My daughter's cat gets on my nerves. Um, and then I, uh, I had some toast. Um, toast was nice, actually. Yeah, it's good. Um, I definitely strained a muscle, though. Definitely that, that, that walk from the bed. I don't know what that was about. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm good too. Do you know what? Do you know what, Sam? I'm not. I'm not. Listen, I know we live a long way from each other, but yeah. that's it. I'm going to be your online personal trainer, mate. I'm going to get. I'm going to get that Eye of the Tiger playlist for you, right? And then I'm going to get you on that couch to 5K. And honestly, we'll 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 be starting a running podcast in a in a few months. Don't worry about that. <laughs> okay, let me just clear this up. No, we won't. <laughs> no, I am. Um, it's funny. And I, I, I do, I do definitely need to adjust myself and get myself doing more. And I know that. But I am um, when I was younger, when I was trying to make it as a professional rugby player, I would literally train nonstop, and I, I, I quite liked it. You know, I quite enjoyed that. My life was just all around that and everything. And you know, you sort of go running in the morning. I mean, I used the stuff I used to do. I look at it now and just think, God, I'm tired thinking about that. Oh, that was sad. exhausting. <laughs> And and now I sort of I, I don't know whether you sort of hit a point with it where you're like do you know what I, the thought of getting up and doing that again it's like nah nah I've done that I, I think if you get back into it you um you you develop that kind of uh, the habit is is true you get into the habit of it and all of a sudden yeah. it becomes part of your routine but yeah I, I look back and I just look at that time in my life and think thank God I met women. <laughs> do you know? Do you know? Funny you say that as well, Sam. Because like when I am out running, I always have really random. Sorry, I know everyone listening. We will talk about Spurs in a minute. Right? We might not. <laughs> yeah, let's just talk yeah. about other stuff right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. But when I'm running, and anyone listening who runs as well, yeah. because you kind of uh, you've got nothing to think about. Well, yeah. for me, because like like I'm at a point now where like I'm obviously got a good fitness level, but yeah. if I want to push myself, you know, it can it can it can hurt after a while. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's almost like your mind wanders just to take your mind off it, you know? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I just think of random stuff, right? And funny, you say what you said, because randomly, I thought of Matt Letizia. Right? Okay. Now that well, is random. Yeah. Yeah. But he, like, even towards the end of his career, he mm. was, he was, he, he was never the most athletic looking player in his, no. right. No. But he had, Ability, like he he came out of the womb, like yeah, the, the guy, the, the guy dripped footballing genius, genius, yeah. yeah. But he he never looked the part, and then obviously as he's quit football, he's got yeah. he's a bigger guy, isn't he? You can see he's a bigger guy, yeah. yeah and you yeah. see a lot of like like Mika Richards. I'm, I don't know if Mika Richards is just buff or he's fat. Yeah. I thought he's a big guy, you know. He oh, wasn't that big yeah. when he was playing, you know. But either way, I wouldn't even... say anything. To him. <laughs> no, no, no. But <laughs> hello, me. Yeah, yeah, you are, you are But yeah. you see a lot of. 
ex-players that yeah, do get big. And yeah, I guess yeah. it's probably what you're saying is where they've had years and years of... Oh, the, mate, the... massively. I, um, I, I, I'm such a small scale, but I um, I was put on... I had this dietitian. He was like, okay, you need to build muscle mass and all this stuff and his high protein, all these different foods and everything. You have to, like, literally burn calories. Mm. So it's like, okay, you're going to have a diet of, like... Ridiculous amount of calories per day, but then of course I was running two to three times a day, swimming every day, doing weights for two to three hours plus everything else, mm. and then doing like training sessions on top of that. So all those calories are just burned. You know, yeah. you turn them into muscle. But when I got a knee injury, and it's like, okay, well you can't do running, you can't do this, you can't do that. Literally, all I could do was like this form of yoga stuff for stretching, but being an idiot i was like oh well i've got my diet <laughs> you know it's like why am i putting on weight this doesn't yeah, make sure, sense you sure. know i've eaten like this for six months i don't i don't get it so <laughs> <It's just, laughs> yeah, yeah. like, well no, no of course an older mind you know i, yeah. I was just like 1920 like a moron <laughs> and, and by the way 1920 i thought i knew stuff <laughs> mm, we all do don't we yeah. oh yeah. you look back and i was like you're a kid you didn't know you're, anything <laughs> You might as well still be in school, you moron. It's it's funny. But um, I I suppose due to the fact this is called the Spurs News Podcast, at some point we will talk about the news. Um, The war in Ukraine rages on, awful stuff. Um, Yeah, yeah, we got to talk about Tottenham eventually. Um, Our our most recent game was a 0-0 draw against Brentford. Um, I think the collaborative efforts between our game against Brighton and Brentford came to, on target, a massively fat zero. What's happened? Like we we were scoring goals of we were scoring goals of fun. Like like literally, what has happened? Do you know? I have have several theories. Most of them would involve the X Files music being played in the background. Wait, I've I've got a theory that's a bit more realistic. Okay, you 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 go with yours, and then I'm going to do some batshit ones to make us laugh afterwards. (laughs) Oh, do you know you say that though? But my one, although it's kind of probably bedding more in reality, does sound a bit batshit to be honest. Okay. But Matt Doherty, since Matt Doherty yeah, was injured. Yeah. There, there is an element of saying those words out loud that makes you go, no, <laughs> no it can't be. It can't be. <laughs> it, it's bizarre. It is bizarre how when you play a system that relies on your wing-backs to basically be a constant outball, and then the players playing at wing-back are not providing that. Or, or let's actually put it another way. They're not being able to do that. They've got the ability, yeah. I, I think I think it's a key thing that Brighton and Brentford both looked at us and both set up to turn our wing-backs to defensive. So mm. rather than us having a back three and wing-backs that were just up and down constantly, we basically had a back five for both of those games because their full-backs just sat up sat on us and like we couldn't you know you can't press on if you lose the ball and all of a sudden they got the whole space down one flank so we've been kind of out thought um which is i think the thing that worried me in the brentford game was as as a fan you're kind of looking at it and you're going we need to change something We, we we clearly need to change something we're hitting our head against a wall here we're not getting any. We're not creating anything. Um, and much like the Brighton game, it feels like this is like a one-nil defeat, inevitable, because we're just not able to. It, to it crack nearly, them. it nearly was at the end as well, wasn't it? With it really nearly the post. was. Could yeah. be exactly I mean, the same, couldn't it? It could, it could have been identical. I mean, it's, it's pure luck that we took a point rather than another big fat zero. Yeah. But the thing that it's, it's the Antonio Conte thing that is kind of like um, we have praised him a lot since he's come in and the transformation and it's valid I think he has done great work you can only see the difference in the players under Nuno who we don't talk about we don't <laughs> sorry we don't talk about <laughs> Nuno no, no, I'm glad no, you can no. sing better than me <laughs> no, I, I don't know about that <laughs> I can almost pinpoint to the minute on the podcast last week when I sang that to people switching off yeah. <laughs> nope <laughs> he's just, I always think of that I, you know the I, uh, take me out he's, yeah yeah he saw the lights in there. no lucky no lucky yeah that one <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I like to think it's because all their kids are singing that and they just went nope I can't handle that yeah, rather yeah. than them thinking my ears are bleeding <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so it, it's just a bizarre thing, and I think it's only fair as fans that we look at these things and we go, wow, he's done such an amazing job with this, but then in the last two games, I think it's only fair as fans again, we go, I don't get it, 
I don't. I mean, you look at the bench and things. You go, okay, yeah. Granted, there's uh, a lot of players there that perhaps aren't game changers for us. But you know, if if the wing backs are playing that poorly, Emerson Royale has not done well since joining us. Um, he hasn't, has he? Really? <laughs> he, he is a fullback, uh, and he was an attack-minded fullback. And the funny thing is, is when you hear an attack-minded fullback like Regulon, you think to yourself. Well, that's someone who's going to love being a wing back. Yeah, I naturally. mean, that's naturally. Uh, but no, like positionally, it looks lost. And ability to cross the ball and stuff is appalling. Well, it's and, not even the crossing. Did you see that pass to Sanchez? Oh, and like Sanchez gave up on it. And did he just did, you, did you see. My favourite thing about that is Sanchez gave him this look of like, seriously, when there's no cameras and there's no one here, you're dead. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, the but minute was... we leave this pitch, I'm going to end you. But there was no pressure on him at all, no, was there? It's like, it was no. just an awful pass. I mean, yeah. like, Seb can pass better than that. Seriously. Well, well that's, that's the thing, is when you see a professional. It's like for me with foul throws. Like, when you see a professional footballer earning that amount of money and you do something like that, is when everyone has every right to go, what the f are you doing? <laughs> Uh, you know, it can happen. You know, the absolute no, best that. players yeah. in the world, something can go wrong, but it's consistently is where the issue is. And and the weird thing is, it's almost like our right-sided defensive wing-back, full-back positions now cursed. It's like the Carl Walker curse or something. Everyone we <laughs> sign seems to come in. and do. I saw a thing the other day, people going, oh, I wish Serge Aurier was still there. People have really strange memories. Like, uh... I know that guy scored a couple of worldies for us, but that was it. Like, yeah. you know, he, he's... His ability to defend was like, oh, wow, that was great. Oh, no, you just planted someone. Brilliant. Okay, thanks. That's a red card then. Uh, you know, he just was on another planet most of the time. And his his tracking back was all of, yeah, someone else get that one. I'll, uh, I'll get the next one. It just, I, I don't get it. I don't get, oh, if only Serge Aurier was still. No. All right, Carl Walker in this system, I can understand. Sneaky get that he is. But yeah. I, I, I get it. But so... The position just feels absolutely cursed, and everyone we sign, Emerson Royal just hasn't settled. No. That doesn't mean, though, that if someone sees the potential in him and are willing to work, he can't be great. It is just clearly a case of is this a coaching setup that will do that, or is this a coaching setup that will say he hasn't worked, I can't do anything with him. Mm get me someone better and I, I think it's probably that yeah, <laughs> um, sure. I think that's where we're at with it I don't think we'll be short of takers I think Spanish teams are taking him all day long and I think he'll do well in Spain anyone who watched Villarreal Liverpool last night and watched Giovanni Lo Celso play are probably looking at it going so he does have a twin brother because <laughs> there's no way that's the same bloke <laughs> Did it, so I take it you play well I didn't watch the game last night uh, to be honest with you Villarreal play a very defensively rigid organised thing Liverpool just about managed to barrel them in a couple of minutes with yeah, two goals sure. could have been three as well but um, I thought he played very well um, there was one bit right at the end of the game where he beat like four players on his own um, and then got tripped but the referee thought it was a decent challenge which made me laugh um, <laughs> but yeah he, he, he has all that ability under the sun but the funny thing someone said to me yesterday and I, I haven't had a chance to look this up but when he said it I kind of went what and then thought I bet it's true he started more games for Villarreal since joining them on loan than he has for Tottenham in two years yeah that that I wouldn't be surprised. That wouldn't no, surprise me at all. Started games, yeah. and that's yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. kind of thing I'm like, because I was thinking, oh, appearances, it can't be. And then I thought, well, actually, no, starting games, I actually think that could be true. And it was by some margin as well. It's like five. He's already done five more, um, which when you consider he hasn't been there <laughs> that long, relatively, it's sure. it's kind of crazy. Um, yeah. So uh, sorry, going back. So on the right side, Emerson Royale was so poor. I mean, so poor. And everyone's watching the game, going, "I know Doherty's injured, but when someone's playing that poorly, surely you change the system to get him off the pitch, or you make a change in terms of right. Let's make a change now where we're going to give someone a go at right wing back, like Bergwijn." Like all of us are kind of like, look, just get him on the pitch. I mean, if we're hoping our wing backs are going to be offensive weapons, we know he can do that. It's bizarre. I don't get why you just wouldn't make that switch just yeah. to give us something. He need, he needs to. Uh, I think it's um, you know we we talk about how he he makes no changes. Like it's the same eleven, yeah. obviously, apart from the forced change with Doherty. Yeah. But you just get the feeling with Leicester on Sunday that he's 
don't get me wrong, not make wholesale changes, but no. something like, like you say, like a Bergwijn, trying him well, on the right... Do you know what I mean? Um, something... You know, if it was me, against Leicester especially, I'd be starting Bergwijn for the simple fact of what he did to him off the bench. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I don't think Kulisevsky's played well in the last two games. No. And I, and I don't think any players should be in that team based on purely on merit of kind of like, oh, you did well six weeks ago. Well done, you know, you, you that can carry you through. There are certain players that form dips in and out and stuff and they play themselves back in, that's fine. But Kulusevsky, has been poor for two games. Lucas Mora didn't really do a lot wrong before Kulusevsky came in. And Bergwijn last time out against Leicester, I mean, broke their hearts. So they're, they're not going to want to see a repeat of that. And also having him on the pitch, therefore, will have them a bit kind of amped there. I say, right, keep an eye on him. <laughs> you know, yeah. we know what he did to us last time. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I don't know. It's a strange one because also I don't know what team Leicester's going to pick, which greatly impacts the game because Leicester against us, Leicester want to come out and beat us definitely, but they're playing a, a Europa League, a Europa Conference League semi final, so they are playing tonight. I think Thursday twenty eighth, and then they play us Sunday, and then they got the second leg of the semi final next week. Their season. It should really be about winning that trophy, um, which I imagine is. When you look at them where they are in the league, they're not challenging for top four. Um, they're not even challenging for the Europa League spot. So their best chance into the Europa League and picking up a trophy right now is to win the the Conference League. And it'd be... I mean, I said this at the start of the season when we were in it, which is it's the first ever one. And I think there's an element of being the first ever club to win this. It means something. I, I generally and I still stand by that I know a lot of people just go oh it's Farmers League crap but to me no it's it's a trophy that's there to be won we should be trying to win it Leicester have got that opportunity now do they go full bore and then pick basically the same team for three games in seven days or do they go their first team for the semi-final a bit of a mixed bag against us, and then the first team again the following week. I mean, it, there's arguments for all of that, but yeah, I, I mean that's the thing. Look, I, and I, I, I would always caveat it by saying on paper because, yeah, like you know, what else can you do with Spurs? No, I mean, nothing's no. ever predictable, is it? But you... you you look at the West Ham game when we beat them three one recently. Yeah. They'd just come off the back of a Europa yeah, League game. They did, yeah. With with Brighton and uh, Brentford, they're two teams that are both mid table. But like Leicester, I guess, got nothing to play for. They're not getting relegated. They're not. They're not fighting for a, for a, 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 a you know European place or anything like that. Yeah. And it and it sometimes it, it's hard to work out who you want to play because like if you're playing yeah, the, the, with you, yeah. yeah, if you're playing like it's it's difficult because like you, okay, so Liverpool's won the games, right? Liverpool want to win the title, so they go yeah. for the quadruple, insanely. So that's they're going to be up for that. If you play they a are. team, you play a team in the relegation zone. They're fighting for their lives. They're going to be up for it. You play a team. In, Who's mid-table? You have no idea. Yeah, because they've got be, they've yeah. got nothing to worry about. The pressure yeah. is completely off them. They're like, it, it's the kind of, um, it, it's like watching uh, what's, what's it called? You know when you watch a game when you don't support either of the teams, you're neutral. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like being neutral, a yeah. it's like being yeah. a neutral. You've got no pressure. Um, you're absolutely right, and it's actually a nightmare because then you're in this kind of void of. It's the thing I think Tottenham struggle with, and and it's one of my genuine theories of why we've dipped these last two games quite so severely is we struggle with motivation, it seems. It seems as a squad, as a club even, we struggle to be constantly motivated for games. So, like, if we are going to Anfield very soon, I I genuinely feel we will go there and we will be motivated and our team will play well. The reason why I know that is because I've watched us over the years go to these top teams when Man United Old Trafford was a fortress... All these and yeah, we may well have lost the games, but we've always given a good account of ourselves in these games. Um, but if we then draw um, little taverns, select 15, uh, select 11 from the local pub who've somehow made it to the third round of the FA Cup with 11 guys on a pitch with beer bellies and stuff like that, their pitch, you know, uh, I'd I'd be more nervous. I'd be nervous of us not... And it's simply because of a mentality thing. We seem to have a squad where some of these games, these players feel that they are entitled to show up and win. And I don't know how that ever gets changed. It's like... Because you look at the managers we've had, like Pochettino never... You know, he had the team drilled. And for two seasons... 
we never did that. Every game we attacked as if it was a final. And then that slowly drifted away. It was almost like as the team got better and were recognised as challengers and a top team, this mentality kicked in of like, oh, we're one of the top teams now. You know, we don't have to worry about, you know, Brentford or Brighton. We can just show up and beat them. And then you started seeing the results slip. Jose, as a manager, for all the stuff I don't like about him, there's no way Jose goes into any game without almost being over-prepared and over-focused on everything that this this team can do to you. And that's just his nature. Uh, we don't talk about Nuno. Uh, but Conte, again, Conte, you, you only got to listen to him when he's talking about the Premier League. The reason why he loves the Premier League is because it's like there is no day off. Yeah. Like there is no let up. <clears throat> yeah, completely. Every team have got a reason to beat another team. It's like, <laughs> he said, it's really funny. There's an interview with him in Italy and they're talking to him about would he return to Serie A and what he likes about Serie A and what he likes about the Premier League. He said, one of the funny things is, said, when you're in Italy, he said, you get a. Uh, Derby games like Milan, Inter AC, and stuff like that. He said Roma, Lazio. He said, but that's it. He said you get a few rivalries like you know Juventus have got a bit of a rivalry from AC Milan from the ninety. He said, but you go to you go to the Premier League. He said almost every club has a list of other clubs they don't like for a reason. <laughs> He's like it's not yeah. just locality. It's like Liverpool, Man United is like a bloodbath. He said. You know, Chelsea and Liverpool had this rivalry for years, and now they've got this massive grudge of each other. He's like, and he was just rattling through all these examples and everything. I was like, yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, there's there's loads of like <coughs> weird little things. He's like, and at Tottenham is like every other game's a derby game. It's, it's, he's like, I love it. He said, this is this is why it's brilliant. My my favourite one, Sam, is the Crystal Palace Brighton one. That's so random, isn't it? That is random. They hate each other. <laughs> they really do, don't they? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No. Perhaps it's a bird thing. Oh, you're not allowed to have a bird. We got a bird. Um, yeah, says us with the cockerel. <laughs> so I made a joke on... Um, I don't know if I should say this on the podcast or not. I, I made a joke the other day on Twitter. And do you ever, like, make a joke? And everyone who knows me would laugh at the joke because it's like they know the tone of voice I'd say it in. Right. But then when you do it on Twitter, like, I walked away from it. And then when I look back, I thought, oh, no, that that um, that might not go down. Oh, dear. <laughs> so uh, a young academy player signed a new deal with us and Tottenham, he, he started his life at a local football club in North London called Cockfriars. And he then joined Tottenham and a lady commented on this story to say, oh, from one cock to the other. <laughs> you know, cock rule. So I replied to that saying, title of your sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> Again, so anyone who knows me, anyone who knows the context of the way I say things would laugh at that. And it, this is a complete stranger to me. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> like, yeah, but you can resist. You've got, like, t- no, you've got Twitter Tourette, don't you? Yeah, sir? my brain was just like, that's funny. So you say it. It's like, it, it, it's it's no funny. filter. And I was like, I, I had a real genuine, like an hour later, like this cold feeling come over me. I'm like, Why, what, what is that from? I was like, oh, no, I shouldn't have said that. Now, fortunately, I went back and she'd like the tweet and replied like, Laughing, like crying out. I was like, oh, oh, good. F- yeah, you know, you people people took it in the way it was meant. You know, but yeah, I I, I do that so often. I like to just say things, and I, especially in work, like I, I was like, someone to say something, and I'll say and I'll say it, and I'll just hear this quiet for a second. I'm like, oh no, and that that <laughs> second feels like an hour of like silence before people laugh, and I think, oh, oof. it's worked. I think I think yeah. I think I might have told you, Sam. I, uh, I don't. Do you know what? I don't hardly go on Facebook nowadays. I don't know if it's no. just a generation thing or just. Facebook has yeah. kind of had its time. I don't, I don't know, but yeah. when it when in the height of it, uh, Vicky's got this thing set up. I don't know what she's done. She she denies that she set something up. But if I post something, she gets a notification straight away. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. there was about half a dozen times when I posted something, and then literally five minutes later, delete that, please. And I'm looking. Wow. To be fair, it. You know, it, it was back in the day when I would uh, just post something about something political or something, yeah, and yeah. And, I, and I get it now. And, and the thing is, I used to the, the thing I forget about is that with Facebook, it was it's your friends, wasn't it? So yeah, you know, yeah. on Twitter, you can put something in there, and you know, you, you know, you you connected to these people, you follow them or they follow you, but you've never met them in real life, so no. you can kind of get away with that stuff more. But on on Facebook, you know, you might be upsetting the 
a couple of the mums at the school or your or your sister-in-laws. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I mean? You know, you can't be yeah. so careful, yeah. you, you know? So, yeah, yeah. I, that was my filter. My wife just texting me going, delete, please. Delete, please. <laughs> no, that's, no, that's good. I like that. Like Jiminy Cricket just kicking in your conscience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, do not say that. Why? Because so-and-so's one of them. Oh, yeah. That's what she yeah. used to say. Oh, right, okay. I think one of them, I was like, and apologies, oh, no, actually, I won't say it because I'll, I'll end up offending someone listening. So, yeah, don't worry. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know that MP you just called that? Yeah, that's her uncle. Oh. Yeah, that's our child's, we're trying to get our child into that school, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, yeah, oh yeah, I, I hear that. Um, <laughs> one last thing on the Brentford game, I, I just want to mention very quickly. Um, Christian Eriksen, uh, it was a joy to watch him play football again for ninety minutes. Yeah, it was a joy um, that he didn't score. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm very, very thankful. He he, he did really well. And that, um, what, what, Sam, did you notice his corners were good? Right? Why, why, well, why no, weren't they let, good for us? No, let, let me let me just address uh, this. Let Sam, me address, address this, this because yeah. this is a big thing. So Christian Eriksen walked over to take a corner, and the Tottenham fans gave him an absolute standing ovation in the corner where they were. And it was lovely. And I think genuinely you can actually see him looking at the ground because I don't think he wanted to look up for fear of like crying lip going. (laughs) So he's focused, he's doing everything. And he whipped in probably one of the best crosses I've ever seen him whipping in my entire life. And, And it goes for another corner. To which point, not one Tottenham fan is clapping, cheering, or anything as he walks back to this thing because they're all like, "Oi!" You never did that. For a... <laughs> what the? F- what was that? He never you beat know, the first man when he took oh, a call to first, did he? But this is the best thing. In utter silence, he whips the ball in, and Kane crack first man heads it away, <laughs> and a massive cheer from the corner. Hooray! Yeah, that's the that's the Ericsson yeah. we know. <laughs> what the hell was that? Um, but yeah, it was just so funny. You saw these people like, "Oh, we love you, Chris. Yeah, Chris, yeah, yeah, you're Spurs, and you know you are." And he whips in this ball, and I think he even hit the poster, like, and then it ended up going out. And then the next one, silence, unfolded, just glaring at him. What was that, Christian? <laughs> How dare you? Um, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because like, much like Jermaine Defoe when he used to play against us, he did yeah. very good pretending to try. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what he did? Actually, didn't he? You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Clear. It was clear to all of us where his heart is. You know, yeah. the 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 Spurs, and you know you are Chan. Um, he, he went across to a fan afterwards to sign a shirt as well, which I thought was a really nice moment. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Nice guy. I. I. Um. I know there's a lot of talk about uh, us trying to resign him and stuff like that. Look, I. If he is healthy, and he's well, and he can play a role in a in a system, of course I welcoming back I, I think the way things ended where he basically wanted to leave um it, it was sad but I think if he wanted to be back with us playing in the scene doing stuff then then great I, I to be honest with you, I mean, I'm kind of like okay either way I know it sounds stupid I, I'm kind of like my main thing was any animosity or any annoyance I felt at him was so superficial that it vanished the day I was watching that international and I saw him collapse on the pitch. Like, nothing else matters. And I put a post on our page of, like, you know, some things are more important than football, and they are. And just seeing him fit and healthy and playing the game and, you know, laughing and smiling with a few of his friends and stuff, that that's that's great. And so if we re-sign him, if he re-signs with Brentford, if he... whatever he does... Finally, don't join Arsenal, of course. Um, He'd never do that. Then, He'd never uh, do then, that. Sam. Then he has my he has my utmost love and respect, and yeah, that's 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 all I've got to say on that. Really, that's fine. Uh, it's, a, it's a it's a really strange one, isn't it? Because um, <clears throat> you you know, like as as far as you can tell, I mean, he, he gives it all, all on the pitch. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm obviously ignorant to uh, heart. heart uh, um, uh, Probably, yeah. you know, it's not something I've really looked into, so I don't mm. know. But as far as I'm, I'm aware, my ignorance, mm. I thought that it would have been a hindrance to him, you know. Um, yeah. But it doesn't yeah. appear to be, does it? <clears throat> no, I mean, uh, in essence, no. I mean, he's passed fitness tests. He's done, you know, extensive medicals and stuff like that. He is still a healthy young man who's, who's able to play the game at a good level. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, to be honest with you, like I said, that day, I, I, I can't put into words how much that impacted me. 
like that watching that happen on the pitch and the way the BBC the cameras everything was still on him try as they tried to revive him haunts me genuinely haunts me it's awful um and so seeing him now well uh, I mean I can't I'm just happy at that like you know even the result everything else I was so frustrated with everything but then at the end of the game I saw him walk over and like he was hugging a few of the players and that was it I was fine again you know it was like ah oh, you know football's football results you know managers are come and go players are come and go and stuff like that but i watched that guy basically die on the pitch and here he is again so yeah yeah sure it kind of put everything into a nice sharp perspective for me um one of the things i want to talk about on the podcast this week uh, as i've got written down here was the antonio conte to psg rumors that came about um we i posted on the facebook page because it, it came about from uh, the the Parisian in France, which a lot of people, um, you know, they kind of. Someone commented on this. Oh wow, you're you're putting out a rumor that's originated from the Daily Star equivalent in France. It's like I'm I'm not French. I don't live there. Um, but what I do know is that a lot of the key French football insights, like uh, GFFN and a few of the others, if they put that out there then they are doing it on the basis that they have something that you know not not in the case of a a direct quote or anything like that because that's not how this works but if a rumor is strong enough and everyone's picking up on everyone's running it you know we are it is news it is tottenham related it is something for tottenham and we do say look this is a rumor this isn't a fact or anything like this it's just something that is circulating and it was going everywhere it was going viral everyone was discussing it so I put it on the page for everyone to discuss, and that that was that Antonio Conte's people are basically in touch with PSG on the basis of you know if you're going to sack Pochettino, how about our guy? You know we'd be interested. Now the rumours escalated from that to him having a break clause at the end of the season and and all sorts of things, and it, it's kind of now been killed off, um, which which is good. Um, one of the interesting things about it is uh, the the transfer euro. You know the guy uh, Fabrizio Romano. Yes. Yeah, there he's quite. Name, he's, isn't he? I've heard you said to me that he's like really famous, and I've, obviously I I yeah. see him on Twitter, but he yeah. he always jumps on the back of other stuff. It's not like yeah, he's, he's, he's what what we call a, tra- <coughs> a tapping merchant. Tapping merchant. So he go, yeah. basically, you know, a journalist to break a story, he'll go and confirm it, and everyone will go, "Oh, Fab, you're amazing." It's yeah. like. Whoa, Wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah but at least he, I'll tell you, there's something he does do now. He does to tag people where the stories come from, at least, which is, which is a positive. He never used to do that. He used to just rock up like, "Oh, I'm told this," and we're like, "Yeah, we all know where you were told it from, your bar steward." <laughs> but anyway, he um he is very very good friends with Paratici and Conte. So if he, it, it, everyone was kind of looking at him like. If you're saying nothing, <laughs> that kind of suggests there's some truth to this because the easiest way of shutting this down would be one of them texting their mate going, this is, this is crap. Because there's no way when the rumour started, Fab didn't get straight on the phone. You know, like, ooh, what's this? Yeah, what's sure. going on here? Sure. Um, it took two days, but after two days, he did shoot it down saying it was nonsense. And then the very next day, which was yesterday... Um, so Wednesday the 27th uh, Antonio Conte's management then shut it down as well saying absolutely no truth to this at all yeah I I, I, um, I understand why you uh, why you posted it Sam because yeah. um, I know you like you, you spend a lot of time on Twitter that's kind of your yeah. go-to social media isn't it yeah I personally and I hope you don't mind me saying this but I found it quite frustrating seeing it on there because I I um, Honestly, and this is just me, but I'm just sick to death of Conte. And I know it wasn't, you know, it's only from what you've seen. But look at look at Man City and Liverpool. So you look yeah. at Pep Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp. Those yeah. those two, when they took over them two clubs, I can remember the first season that Klopp had Liverpool and we hammered them 4-1. Yeah. Do you, do you think there was all these rumours of Klopp going, oh, do you know what, I'm going to go back to Germany and I'm going to leave, I'm not. I'm sick of this club, blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. th- there wasn't that, you know? And, and no. the same with Pep Guardiola at Man City. And I feel like we're constant. It's like, 
I, I, oh, do you know what? I, I, I don't want it to sound like some kind of conspiracy thing. I know we've con- we've had conversations in the yeah. past about it, me and you, but it always feels like it's us. <laughs> it's just yeah. getting this like, why can't we just have this manager and he's just happy here and he's going to spend the summer to, like get some good players in and he's turning around. Why, why have we like, literally from, the guy joined in November and I think by January, mm. It was there was talks of him leaving, going elsewhere. I, I think what? the issue is is Conte uh, himself doesn't help this. Um, but I don't. I think his personality, like if you look at him, his breakup when he was at Chelsea, um, and then again at Inter Milan most recently, the guy will quite happily walk a kind of line, which is, um, I'm bigger than the club. Now, uh, that is kind of fine, and you know some people have got that about them, and they've got that ability, and if you are winning, and you are doing great things and stuff like that, then you have got that about you where you can go, look, I've come in, we've won this, 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 and this, I'm, I'm the frigging king, do as I say, you know, because I'm, I'm all-seeing, all-knowing, sure. if you don't want me, I'll go somewhere else, because yeah, yeah. You know, people always want me. Um, with Tottenham, it's a bit of a bit of an interesting thing Jose Mourinho in a press conference yesterday got asked if he was nervous about winning the semi-final because the last one he won he got sacked before the final and he laughed and said there's no one else in football like Daniel Levy really so he's not nervous yeah now to be quite honest with you he's right in that regard now I'm not a Jose fan and he absolutely needed to go but sacking him before that final wasn't a football in this. It was financial. financial. Of course yeah. it was. There was no, there's no, there's and, absolutely no doubt about and that. And what Jose said there is, is true. You know, a chairman who is focused on footballing success doesn't make that call. And that is where we have a problem here because Antonio Conte is focused on football in success. And Daniel Levy publicly is focused on football in success. But his actions in the past, all of us, quite rightly, can say that doesn't add up. Yeah, sure. You know, you look at the situation. Another real example recently is the Diaz transfer where Tottenham made a play for the player and then Liverpool came in very quickly and got the deal done. And Diaz, anyone who watched him play for a living, we can see the guy is a quality football player who they have managed to get ahead of us. They can offer Champions League football and a chance of winning trophies right now. We can't offer that at the moment. What we could offer is the possibility of progressing to that level under Conte and everything like that. But it was an ambitious attempt to secure this player. Now, from what I've now read, Paratici was the one working on this deal but wasn't given the reign, wasn't given the financial to do it. And Daniel took over because he's the one who's got the ability with the finances. He knows where things are to try and negotiate. And that's where everything went dead. Not because Daniel did anything wrong, but just because you then got that length of time. Paratici lined it up, had the deal going. Daniel Levy took it over. At this point, the agent for this player obviously decided to ring a few people and go, hey, are you interested in my client? Because if you're not, he's going to Tottenham. And Liverpool went, nope, yep, we'll have him, <laughs> we'll, we'll have him right <laughs> now. Um, so I'm not that. That isn't a critique of Dan. That that happens. That's what agency. That's what they're there to do for their client. If they're because you only got to listen to a player talk about. You know, I, I like Liverpool. That was the team I'd ideally like to play for. Which is no disrespect to anybody else, and that's absolutely fine. Like a kid, the kid didn't come in slagging us off like certain other players have in the past. He simply was like, you know, that was the team I wanted to join. So once they were interested, I told everyone else. No, thank you. That's the team I want to join. Yeah, sure. I got, I got no problem with that at all. And really, as a club, you know, we tried to sign him, and he didn't want to join us. That should be it, and you know, everything done. But it's just like another example of this kind of football ambition. If you are ambitious and stuff like that, and you appoint someone to be your director of all football, the guy should be given a budget. Yeah, the yeah. guy should shouldn't be hamstrung by you because the last time he did that in Baldini of course we got transfers done but they didn't work out as well as he would have liked initially and now there's so many factors to this but at the moment we do appear to be hamstrung by this ambition thing and that's where Conte is Everything about this PSG rumour, everything about this constant links away, everything about this he's bigger than your club crap that we get from other people 
is all stuff that he is allowing in Conte because he deems it as it's strengthening his position when he sits down with Daniel Levy to say, right, I need this. Because Conte will walk. This is the thing. Is like Pochettino said publicly, we need a rebuild. We need this. But Pochettino was never going to go. He wasn't going to quit. He wasn't going to do that. He was a man of his word. And and he proved to be. Like when Real Madrid came for him after he signed that contract, he said, no, I've just signed this deal. If you'd been here six weeks ago, we could have talked, but no. And that's it. And, he, you know, and that's brilliant. Conte... Not a chance. Conte will walk. He will literally sit down and say, this is what I need. And if Daniel says no, he'll go, thank you very much, and go. Because to him, it's about his reputation, his CV. So he wants to protect that above everything. And if he knows that the narrative has been set perfectly by his people, if at the end of this season Tottenham don't achieve anything, it's all the players' fault. And if he doesn't stay, it's because the board aren't backing him. He, yeah, you know, fair he, enough, mate. He, he set he set the table. Yeah, and from a, from a fan point of view, you're looking at it and you're going, although it's aggravating, there's this manager who's you know because my my club's the be all and end all to me, and so to have a manager who feels that he's bigger and better than, it's kind of aggravating. But it's kind of like you look at him and you go, all right, mate, prove it. Yeah, that's <laughs> the thing. And, if he wins trophies, you don't care, do you? No, <laughs> yeah, you're bang on. Yeah. And but at the same time, I do also understand that you do need the tools. Like, I could be the best electrician in the world, but if I need a certain tool to do a job and I don't have it, it don't. I can't do it. You yeah. know. Yeah, sure. And he could be the best manager in the world, but right? if he don't have the tools, he can't achieve anything. Um, you use the example of like Klopp and Guardiola. Both of them came into those two teams and needed to build the teams in their image. Klopp took three years, I think, really, to get that team firing, to get what he needed. And Guardiola took one. He had one full season where I think he finished fifth in his first full season. And then they went and signed every player he needed. And then all of a sudden they were one of the top teams in the country. It, it, in rocket science, Liverpool, they were struggling. They had a defender. We beat them 4-1. And so they went, right, we need one of the best centre-halves we can get. They went and signed Van Dijk. And we all went, wow, they've overpaid, they've overpaid. Since they signed him, they've won the league title, they've won the Champions League. Is that overpaying? And they're on for the quadruple this season. And they're on for the quadruple this season. Which, so you, But you look at the rest of the squad that's there, it was actually a lot of it is what he inherited. Like Klopp came in and he, Alexander-Arnold come up for the academy... Um, they signed Robertson from a relegated hull. Wow. You know, and you look at those two that in that system he plays are 20 to 30 assists a season. Yeah. You take those two out and Liverpool aren't as big a team as they were, but they still have. They've, they've been constantly, constantly evolving, constantly adding players, constantly recruiting sensibly because Liverpool aren't Man City. They're not blowing nearly 100 to 200 million a window. They're not Chelsea, but they are spending what they need to spend for success because they trusted Klopp and they believed in him. They backed him and now they've seen the rewards of that. My fear is that Tottenham, even with one of the top managers in the game, aren't going to do it. And that's why the rumours exist. Because like you said, Man City, no one said Guardiola's going to walk away because they backed him. Klopp, they backed him. Tottenham, will they? Do you remember at the beginning of this podcast here, uh, Sam, I said I was going to be really positive and you've just completely blown it, mate. Yeah, I've got, I've <laughs> shat all over that. Yeah, welcome to my world. <laughs> if I'm gonna suffer, every bastard's gonna suffer. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but no, I, feel, I get what I, I get. Bad now. I get what you're saying. It's 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 one of those things where we say this all the time, don't we? Where um, yeah. if if Levy or Enoch or, or, or Luke, mm. they behave differently things yeah. will be different but they're not going to change are they no it's been 20 years so so, so 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 it's gonna it's gonna like the only things that can happen is they change or or Conte, Conte goes, goes. There's, there's no there's no other option is there no if if Antonio Conte goes right now here, here's the thing I want to put to you because I've seen this discussion a lot and of course this happened a lot is what next for this football club? What 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 could possibly enable us to 
get some sort of identity back? What would enable us to be a football club that's successful again? Because if you've got one of the best managers in the world and you're not going to back him in the way he needs to be backed, you are not... You know, Daniel Levy says, oh, money doesn't guarantee you success. I'm sorry, but look, look, the does. proof's there. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't... I don't I, spending it badly... No, of course not. But Liverpool, like I said, they've recruited players and a lot of us have raised an eyebrow at the amount they've spent on certain players, but they're winning things now. I, I, it's like I, said, I said this before, and I use this analogy again, and it always makes me think of Daniel Levy. And it's yeah. uh, and, I, and I've, I always feel like I'm battering my, my poor old dad. I hope he doesn't listen. Right? <laughs> yeah. But he'll, like... He'll go into a music like I know this is a few years ago. So it doesn't happen so much now. Does HMV even exist? Are those those yeah, kind of? Music? Yeah, maybe. But it it go in and it go into the DVD section and it'd be a fantastic film, like the, the latest thriller, fourteen ninety nine. I ain't paying forty nine nine. Let's go to the bargain bucket. Let's get yeah. six or seven of these two pound ones. <laughs> so he's paying yeah, the same yeah. amount. He's paying yeah. still fifteen quid. But in his mind, he's thinking I'm getting six or seven here. I'm getting more. Yeah. But really. You want to be spending the fifteen pound, you on, know, on, on the on the on the, the, on the high yeah, because yeah. and, and that's the problem with um with Levy, like you know we've like you've just said we've spent so many millions, and I know it's not yeah. just us, I know other no, teams no. are the same, but but like you know we we joke about the uns, the ing, I can't even think of half of them, like you know the twenty no, millions, the twenty five millions, yeah, all the all the kudu, yeah, all these millions and millions and millions we've been spending on these players. That haven't worked. Whereas if we'd have just <laughs> bought a Van Dyke fourteen ninety nine Van yeah. Dyke, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Then it would we would have needed them players. You know, uh, there was a thing the other day about um, Van Dyke when he came down to the Premier League. Southampton signed him from Celtic for about ten million quid, and there was a, a guy on Sky Sports talking about how he was ringing people at all the clubs saying this guy is brilliant you need to sign him and they kept people are looking going yeah he makes a lot of mistakes he's like it's because he's bored like scottish yeah. football, he, he, he needs you know he needs a challenge something and like no no i don't know i don't know i don't know eventually southampton signed him for 10 million and then sold him for 85 yeah, <laughs> or yeah. whatever it ended up at um, so yeah, it's it's mad with stuff like that. Scouting the players and things, I I think it's it's an absolute art form. Um, yeah, something that Tottenham have got wrong for a lot. Yeah, and that's the thing. And again, like you know, I'm being critical here, and you know, I, you know, it's not something I could do. <laughs> do you know no, I mean, I, no, I appreciate no, an art form to no. it, so I feel like I'm. Uh, I mean, I, my my favorite thing, and I and I say this a lot when I talk. People ask me my opinion on certain academy players, and I'll give my opinion, of course, I will. But I also want people to understand that I once looked at Harry Kane and said he'll be at South End in two years. Yeah, sure. So yeah. people need to be aware when I give an opinion, it doesn't mean I'm right. It's always right. <laughs> right. And I once backed Lee Barnard to score as twenty to thirty a season in the Premier League. And if and if anyone doesn't know who that is, look him up. Anyway, um uh so the Pochettino thing about returning see there's this uh I have an affection for that man and for the work he did and the person that he is. My fear is that nothing has changed. So why would I think that a reunion would be better? Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, you know, if you're not going to back Conte, who's arguably one of the top five managers in world football right now, with track record and ability to motivate players and to do things, if you were not going to spend the money to back him, then you're not going to spend the money to back anybody. So if that's the case, and when Pochettino left, he made it abundantly clear this squad needs to be overhauled. Uh, you need to be fresh. You need this constant. Needs to work done to it. And no one listened to him, and then he ended up getting sacked. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, you just, I, I just can't see it working. I, you know, if to me, right? Imagine Enoch did sell the club, and you had new owners coming in, and the new owners, we don't know. We don't know what they're going to be like. And they appointed Pochettino. I'd I'd be over the moon. I'd yeah. be like so infused, so yeah. kind of. Even if they ended up being exactly the same, at least I'd be going into it with this like, oh, the, he's like the the perfect person for this club. He's, I, you know, I love the guy. I would be infused by that. But we've been coming back to work with Daniel Levy again. And everyone, I I just don't know. And I don't get me wrong. If it actually happened, of course you get my full support. Hell. Whoever we appoint gets my full support because I'm a Tottenham fan and you've got to back them to do it. But 
it just it just kind of like you look at that and you go it's not a trade you'd make like I would not choose for Conte to leave and Pochettino to come back I would have chosen Nuno no 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 <laughs> to leave and Pochettino to come back if that was our option but we've got now like I said one of the top five managers in the world without a shadow of a doubt so any trade at all is a downward one. Yeah, of course. Even even for Pochettino, no matter what my heart says or how I feel about him, it is a downward one. Yeah, of course. And we as a club are so, say, ambitious to win things. So now we need to show that. Because you can say it in all your little end-of-season blogs and all that crap, and every time you got to put a press release out, you can say it. Show it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's time for us to head across to social media because, like every week, people on the good good ship Facebook and the good ship Instagram have had their say. So let's let's see what see what they got. Now it's time for your comments from our social media. Facebook or Instagram, dear boy. Let's go Facebook this time. Okay, we shall start with the book of face. <laughs> book of face is loading. I've done slagging off earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would. <laughs> to be honest with you, Zuckerberg can kiss my ass. Um, <laughs> if you're listening, sir, send me money. Uh, okay, we have two here. One is from Super Sub Stepin Stefan himself. He says, realistically, that's always a tough start. Yeah. Realistically, do we need to accept that we are currently a Europa League level team? But with Conte, we could build towards Champions League again. Or is Conte a man who can only win the big things with big budgets and he'll likely be gone in the summer? I mean, we've kind of just been touching on this a little bit. Um, I don't know with Conte. I don't know what he needs budget-wise because I don't consider Inter Milan being a team with a big budget. You compare Inter Milan budget to probably Southampton in the Premier League. Do you, do you know what I mean? It's like that they weren't spending 80 to 100 million on players. They were just signing the players he wanted. Um, you know, I, I I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily about the buying the superstars. I think it's about buying the players he says. Yeah, that's I need exactly. that guy yeah. in that position. Yeah. I'm not. I don't need a third choice of that position. I need that one. Yeah, regardless <laughs> you know? of where it's like, you, yeah. got, you don't go in there and go right. Okay, you you got the you can you can pick three of these bargain bucket DVDs. Yeah. If he wants yeah, that forty nine yeah. blockbuster, buy it that's, for him. That's the one he wants. Yeah. yeah, and that's and that's. I think that's a difference. Um, <sighs> because you look at that Inter Milan team that kind of did very well under him. I think Ashley Young was a wing back and stuff like that. Now. Premier League level, not really, but Serie A for that season, he was very good. Yeah. And he identified that. He looked at that and went, that is someone who will do the job for me in that role for this season, allow Victor Moses at Chelsea. So this summer, if he looks at someone and goes, that's the one I need because I know I can work with him and I know I can get a tune out of him, I can do this, by backing him, that's what I mean. This player might cost 15, 20 million, which all of us would go, well, that's not a lot in the modern world. But that's my definition of backing the manager is to go, right, we are signing the players for you, for your system, the ones that you want, your first choices. Because uh, I think too many times in the past, like Pochettino is a great example of that. You only got to read his book to realize that he would sit down in the transfer meeting, identify players go away, come back, and he'd be like, yeah, we couldn't sign that one, so we got a guy a bit like him. Yeah, yeah, it's not what, what? you can't be doing you know, that anymore. That's what, yeah. what, you know, he got introduced to some signings, like, I don't know what you are, you yeah. know, I don't know whether you're a striker, a forward, I, you know, welcome to the club, but yeah, who are you? You know, <laughs> I, the, the Anthony Martial one, you know, us in Man United were in for him, and we had the chance to sign him before Man United, uh, and we didn't, uh, because we identified, we felt he was a little bit overpriced, so we signed Clinton and Jai. Uh, Martial went on, did very well, but under Pochettino, Pochettino identified this guy as right. That is the guy I want. He's got the pace I need. He'll be perfect. You know, Son, Kane, and this guy. My system. This is going to be great. And we gave him Clinton and Jai. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> right. Michael Joseph says, since we're all sick of wondering what Spurs are going to be like this week or last week, I'm thinking transfers. 
Do you think the transfers this summer will be made quickly so Conte can have a full summer with them? I'm not sure if this is a joke or a question. <laughs> yeah. It's it's another one where, it like we've said thousands of times, me and you, yeah. it makes perfect sense. We talk about Liverpool, they get their yeah. Sonnies in early. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. But will it happen? Probably no, not. <laughs> no. Oh, oh. Oh wow! Again, and this this again goes towards the backing him thing, yep. because you know it's not just about spending a hundred million on one player. It's about doing what is necessary to get him through the door early and get it done. So you secure your player, you secure the business, you give them time to adjust. Now, in the summer transfer window, a preseason's massive. You only got to listen to certain players talk about certain managers and the impact it has on their whole season having that pre-season because you get all of the ideals all of the stuff built into you so by the time the season starts you are doing things like second nature yeah you know you are coached to do certain things and you're doing it out of habit he's come in part partially into a season and he's tried to instill that whilst we were playing two two three games in a week it was impossible when we adjusted to a schedule where it was one game a week, we did improve. And you can see tactically we have improved. The last two games aside, which I swear is a mentality issue amongst the players, you know, we reached fourth. We don't have to try anymore. You know, face palm. <laughs> um, you, you, you've seen an improvement. We've definitely seen an improvement. You know, we were the top goal scorers in 2022 until the last two games. The, that's definite improvements. So... That's in the system. That's working hard with Matt Doherty, ironically. The, the key man. Clearly. He is the key man, isn't he? Um, yeah. but, but this is what I mean. So if he, if about backing him, well, you have to back him with getting him in for pre-season. You know, that's not signing five players on day one the window opens, but it's signing players to arrive for pre-season. Yes, of course, some stuff might go to the deadline. There might be a player that you really want, you really want, and there's several people interested and negotiations might run. That happens with every single team, every top team, and that's fine. But that can't be every deal. That that It can't be, because when it's every deal and it's brinkmanship, you're trying to shave X amount off a price where if you just paid it, that's back in your mind. Yeah, that is showing it. Completely. Yeah, completely yeah, agree. So, it, it's just, it almost makes too much sense. <laughs> Well, it's, it's it's frustrating because I'm sure there are answers to why they don't do this, but none of them, from a footballing perspective, make sense. No. From a financial perspective, they do. And unfortunately, as Jose Mourinho has just said, there's no one else in football quite like Daniel Levy. Yeah, fortunately. Um, uh, over on Instagram, the Johnny Stark is back. I love the Johnny side. There's so many options with that. Um, would you ever have thought missing Matt Doherty would be okay. such a blow? Kulisevsky seems more affected than anyone. That's that's a fair point, actually, yeah. Do you think we'd be better off trying Bergwijn or Kulisevsky at wing back with the other in front on the wing? Emerson just seems hopeless on the attack currently. Yeah, yeah, he does. Basically um, what we've been talking about for the first 20. Yeah, bless him. Yeah, I just want to give him a hug. Well, I, I feel like this has been asked and answered, dear boy. Um, the Johnny Stark that he is. The superhero. The Johnny Stark. Ah, it could be a show, couldn't it? The Johnny Stark Show. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Johnny Stark Show. I like yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, that works. There you go, mate. I've just sorted that out for you, and you can keep that as a recording for your intro. As well. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, no what always needed. No Oh, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, pay me. Um, there's, there's five games left. Um, I'm doing this from memory. All right, so we play Leicester, uh, we play Liverpool, we play Arsenal, Burnley, and Norwich. I, I genuinely did that from memory. That's can, weird. Yeah, mate, that's very good. And can I just say, right? And I, I know this sounds like I'm joking, right? But yeah. I genuinely think the Arsenal game they yeah. should have because it's on the Sky, isn't it? Unfortunately, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. going. They should have. You know, you get those warnings before uh, if there's like swear words and stuff yeah, like. Yeah, they yeah. should have 
anyone who has a heart, if you support Arsenal or Spurs yeah, and you have a heart yeah. condition, do yeah, not watch this game. Because yeah. honestly, I've... if it gets to the point where whoever wins basically gets Champions League football, this no, I don't I don't remember. Has there been a time I'm in not... our lifetimes when we've both been fighting for the same? Th- well, there has, isn't there? But it's yeah, never felt like we has. played each other. I'm not. I'm not. Um... I'm genuinely not good with North London derbies anyway. Like, no, I me neither. I don't think any of us are, are we? Them. They yeah. are horrible, yeah. horrible, Endurance. stress-filled yeah. events. This one, I'm, you know, we're, we're two games out from it, and I'm already starting to get the kind of palpitations mm, about it. Me I, too. There, I'm going, mate. Me, there's part of me that's like, I don't, I don't even know if I want to watch it, yeah. but I know I will. Yeah. But I'm just like, I don't, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah. It's one uh, of those swank, It's one of those ones where. Like, it, you know, I said I said this to Seb. Like, if we lose, like, for example, when yeah. we lost to Brighton, we came out feeling shitty. Yeah. If you win, you go mad. Yeah. But yeah. times both of them emotions by a yeah, thousand. By a thousand, yeah. It's, you it's, know, that's how you're going to feel one way or the yeah, other. There's, there's, there's no... The thing about it as well is, like, we, we went to the ground with Nuno and we showed no fight, no spirit, no anything. And they steamrolled us. And I can't remember the last time we showed up in a North London derby. I really can't. Like, it really properly showed up. Even some of the ones we've won, it's gone completely the other way to how it used to be. When Arsenal were the dominant team by some margin, we would always go to the North London derby like lunatics. Even if we lost the game, you know that we left everything on that pitch to try and win it. Now, I'm not convinced that's the case. I look at the team and I'm like, you're not fighting for every ball. You're not doing this, you're not doing that. And we have to, you know, not just because of what's on the line, but it's because we're fans of this club. We support this club through thick and thin. You can't Mm. just keep rolling over and not putting in the effort, not putting in the fight. You know, if you, you manage to get a result against Leicester, you manage to avoid defeat against Liverpool... And then you go and get your ass handed to you by Arsenal. Uh, I, I got no words. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it doesn't matter about anything else yeah. now. You know, you you can be poor for week after week after week, and you go out there and you play them off the park. You batter them. I'm gonna feel better. Mm. <laughs> you yeah. Know, you you play brilliantly every other game, and then roll over for them. I'm gonna feel like crap. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's a horrible, horrible reality. But <laughs> we've got five games left, right? I want you to predict how many points we're going to take from those five games. So obviously, uh, five times three, a maximum of fifteen. How many do you think we're going to get? How many do I think? Or how many do I hope? <laughs> well, think. How many realistically do you think we're going to? I get? think we could realistically, realistically get thirteen points from that. And I know the reason why I say 13 wow, is okay. because the Liverpool one, I think we've got, like, when they came to us, and I appreciate that we was at home, Yeah. but they've, they've been flying all season, haven't they? I mean, it's no, yeah, it's no yeah, coincidence yeah. they're on for the quadruple, you know? And we give them a game. We yeah, really give yeah, them a game. To the yeah. point where Seb says that's his best game he's been to this season. It was a draw, you know? Yeah. So I, I get it, it's Anfield, I get it. We struck, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to be easy and... Chances are we'll lose, but I think we can get a draw. I think okay. we can. And then the others, look, let's smash Arsenal. And and the others, are on paper, are winnable. You know, so. All right, man. I All think right, we well, can... I've got you at thirteen out of fifteen. Go on. I've got me at ten out of fifteen. So where are you going with your ten? Oh, I, I, I don't know. I, because, because we're just as likely to beat Leicester, beat Liverpool. <laughs> Beat Arsenal and then lose the next two games. Yeah, <laughs> lose to Norwich and Burnley. Yeah, yeah. and Burnley. So <laughs> I, you know, like all of us over the moon, like oh, we've been so crap. Then win our next three, which are massive, and be like, we're the best team in the freaking world. And yeah. then Burnley like do us one nil, <laughs> and on the final day of the season, we just need to match or better Arsenal's result and Norwich beat us. So, oh, we've been there before, haven't we? The yeah, lasagna game yeah, for lasagna, one. Lasagna, yeah. yeah. So. I, I'm kind of just looking at it like I, I don't know I, this is so unpredictable but yeah I, I just went I, I plumbed for at least one draw out of it and three wins okay um, and one defeat 3-1-1 one, one. So, okay yeah that's that's where I'm at right uh, but anyway so anybody listening write down your prediction um, and we'll uh, we'll compare notes in a few weeks time uh, but until then, everybody, a uh, big thank you, as always, for listening to us. Uh, we will be back next week to discuss the game. Um, it will actually be two games. No, is it one? I don't know. What what day are we playing 
hang on, let me work this out. No, it's just the one game because we're playing Leicester this weekend and then it's Liverpool the following weekend and then it's the Arsenal game in midweek. Oh, my God. I did th- I did think about the Arsenal game. We ought to do two shows. We ought to do a pre-game and after-game. Do we do, we do, do, we do the after-game? I, I, don't, like? I, don't, I don't know... Because it kind of feels like the the, the Spurs fandom are going to need us as a serious therapy session should we fail to win that game. But I don't know if I'll have the mental capacity to do it myself. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. If I we know. win, I'm, I'm I gonna... mean, we're going to be we're going to be buzzing our nuts if, off. Aren't we? If we win, yeah, yeah, there will be uh, testicles flying <laughs> through, through buzzing for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I've been thinking about it a lot, and someone said, suggested it. We're like, oh, you, all, you know, such a massive game, like with a cup final or something. You all do like you did a preview show for it, just purely on that one game. I'm like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm gonna think about it I because think. I. Uh, the build-up doesn't need any hype, you know. No, not at all. <laughs> it's, it really doesn't. Uh, but anyway, uh, so thank you to everybody for listening, and thank you for everybody who continues to get in touch. I always really appreciate it. We always have, you know, some fun chats going over stuff. Until next week, you all take care. Take care, mate. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the show. Stay up to date with all things Tottenham. Follow us on social media. All links are in the podcast description.